Oh, this must be awesome, Tom. You just got all this dead air mm-hmm. here. I can fix it. It's a good thing we didn't say anything inappropriate. Not that one. That one's dumb. This one's better. Giant robots smashing into other giant robots. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Giant Robots Smashing into Other Giant Robots podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Chris. And we're going to be talking about the products that we manage at Thoughtbot. I run an app called FormKeep, which provides form backends for designers and developers. And I, Chris, run Upcase, our subscription learning platform for aspiring web developers. Hey, Chris. Hi, Ben. How's it going? It's going well. And you? I'm good. I feel like I have everything I need in life. In life? Yeah, that's been my mantra today. Wow, yeah. just today? <laughs> yeah, just today. Is today a fundamentally different day in your world? No. Or are you just deciding to feel that way? I'm just deciding to feel that way. I like that. It's just... Grab the bull by the horns. It's more like I'm accepting the bull that I already have. That's the key. Acceptance I is I don't core. need to grab anything. Like, everything <laughs> is just already... Everything's going fine. Everything that you have is already... Anyway, that's yeah. awesome, Ben. I'm yeah, really glad. I feel good. <laughs> So uh, let's talk about what happened. Or let's what's talk happening. about what happened. Yeah. So uh, one thing that happened is we uh, announced a Vim. Well, I loosely announced a Vim course. <laughs> I threw up a Gumroad page. I wrote up a description and mm-hmm. uh, tweeted it once, which in the olden days, in my in my in my younger days, <laughs> that I would, I would have considered that having launched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in reality, I was actually just looking for feedback from people. <laughs> like people can buy it. That's legit. Right. Um, but I'm also just I kind of want to feedback on like the copy and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you had an initial one where you were asking about naming and what like what kind of audience and naming should we go with for this, and the two kind of informed each other. And I think that was an interesting conversation. Yeah. Now it's a real thing with a page where people True. can purchase. Right. So step one was I threw up a gist of like, hey, here's like seven different names. Like, mm-hmm. what do you like? And I made the mistake of asking for new suggestions, and they were all <laughs> there. Mm. I mean, uh, that was, no, it was fun. No, it was, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, never mind. I actually don't want suggestions. Just pick one of these. Um, people were being punny and whatnot. But I think it's interesting. We chose name and subsequently, I think, content yep. that will be a little more, not introductory, but more you get Vim, you understand it, but you want to go from not using it every day to using it every day. And that yes. particular theme being what we want to focus the content around rather than super advanced. Right. So what did we pick? Become a daily Vim user? Yeah, I yeah. think that's it. Become a daily, a daily Vim user. Um, and so, yeah, so it's targeted at people who have maybe tried and failed to become a daily Vim user. Um, or want that aspirationally, but haven't made it happen yet. And yeah, so I, I, I haven't like actually, we haven't actually done any marketing in reality. Like old me would have like thought we had and like, <laughs> oh man, we're done marketing. But in reality, I want to blog about it. I want to talk about it on this podcast. Oh, yep. check. Uh, talk about it on my Vim Tips podcast. Reach right. out to Drew Neal, ask him to promote it. Like yep. I, have, I have a bunch of ideas for how to actually yeah. promote this thing. Uh, but I'm excited. I think it will be good. Uh, I think you and I do a good job with this kind of thing. So if you are yep. want to learn Vim and you want to do a live course, so it's April 13th at 2.30 p.m. 2.30 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. Eastern, Eastern time. So if that is a time you are available and you want to up your Vimming, then you should take our course. Yeah. So I think uh, interesting to talk about kind of the, the idea behind it. Initially, you pitched me on it uh, outside of the podcast and then inside of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and what you had initially uh, described was something that some would call a webinar, despite mm-hmm. the term having loadedness to it, mm-hmm. uh, but more of an informal kind of like, hey, we're going to be talking about this thing and treating it strictly as essentially a sales tool, as an inbound marketing tool for Upcase. Right. Uh, with some internal conversations, particularly Chad, our CEO, commented in and said, eh, what if you were to actually make this a formal workshop like we did historically, mm-hmm. uh, charge for it, make it a little bit more formal of a thing, put a little more effort into structuring the curriculum and, and have a curriculum to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I'm much more engaged by that as a mechanism 
mechanism. Just kind of chatting about them is something that I do, but in the sense of putting it out into the world, I feel better if I'm going to purposefully prepare a thing and mm -hmm. all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm excited about this now. It, it is kind of an experiment uh, in seeing, you know, how will this work? Will this be a one-time infusion of cash, which is useful? Or will it also lead into longer-term subscribers and upcase, and what will the kind of subsequent lifetime value of them be? Uh, but it's interesting. It'll be a fun experiment. I'm excited to do it. Yeah. I got a great question from somebody because we, I said in the description that we're going to record it and uh, give people videos. And he says, is the best way to get the videos, I can't do the course, I'm not free, but is the best way to register to get the videos to register for the course mm -hmm. or will they be available for cheaper later? And I was like, that's a really good question and I don't know yet. It is. The thing that's interesting to me is like on ramp to them, the course that's on Upcase right now, uh, I think both of us came out of that and still look at that as like, that. that's kind of what we have to say. If you want to really use Vim and get why Vim is interesting, we did that. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a lot of content there. I don't think it's quite three hours, but it's, I don't know, seven, eight videos, and each of them is 20-something minutes. So it's it's a good amount of content. The thing that it lacks is Q&A and unique kind of focus perspective. So in the sense of getting the video for someone that was there, great to be able to re refer back to something that they heard in it. But from an outsider perspective, I think on-ramp to Vim is probably the better thing. If you just wanted a video. If you just want to learn Vim, if you're not attending this, then some of the value of it is lost because the yeah. ability to ask a question to actually right. say, like, in my particular day-to-day, -day, I do X. Mm -hmm. How would you, Ben and Chris, recommend that I do that? And so that that's where I think if you're not okay. going to be there for the main thing, and I'm kind of selling people out of buying our videos, so mm -hmm. whoops. Mm -hmm. No, buy our other videos on Upcase. But uh, I think that's the interesting aspect of it. And so that's what would stand out to me. Yeah. So then let's say that we won't release the videos, I think. Publicly, I don't think so. But if there's a real demand, if people really want it, and they think that's like it will be good content, mm. I don't know. It's an interesting question. Right. Um, but for me, if I were a consumer of this and looking at it, I don't think I would want to. I would want to attend the thing because the opportunity to have those conversations seems valuable. But to just get a static video after the fact of it, I would almost just be sad because I'd be missing out on those conversations. So sure, but we'll figure that out. Mm -hmm. Cool. So what's going on in Formkeep land? Oh, I had two really interesting conversations in the same day this week, Big and they day. went like this. One person was interested in using Formkeep for personal use, and he asked me. Hey, $9 a month is pretty steep. Uh, is, can you do something about the price? Mm -hmm. It's just for like a small form on my site. And I was like, well, would you pay 50 bucks a year? And he said, I guess I could do $5 a year. <laughs> and then that same day, I hopped on a call with someone who is one of Formkeep's larger customers. And we were talking about the new pricing change, which is uh, the thing I want to cover next. And he was wanted a bunch of forms and was, uh, in a very quick way, agreed to $500 a month as a pretty good price. Mm -hmm. And was like, yeah, that sounds good. Cool. Let me know what without, else you need. Without terribly much thought. Totally. Was yeah. like clearly like the, one of the like least important decisions of his day mm -hmm. was deciding what happens to $500 a month. And I was like, businesses versus consumers. This is, I mean, a lesson that I knew already. And yet it was just, it was kind of beautiful to see both those things happen in the same day. Well, so I, I definitely think it's that same lesson, like you said, uh, teams slash companies, corporate plans, enterprise plans, whatever it is, there's just a lot more money available there. People mm -hmm. will not take issue with the prices just nearly as much. Uh, so that's awesome. But I continue to think like, so I think your takeaway from this is 
do businesses go for that the bigger enterprisey plan and kind of like we don't have an offering for that lower end i'm still a fan of the idea of trying to cover both so a very feature stripped version for individuals and that gets them in the door gets them used to it i think like travis is uh, an example of something that i've used it's free on open source or it's free for personal use but then when i'm on a client it's a no-brainer to throw on the i don't know what it is say 200 dollars a month expense for that no one really bats an eye at that but it only got on the project because i had familiarity with it from my side work mm-hmm. and so rather than viewing the minimal revenue that you get from individuals and private or personal plans or whatever you want to call them as just very minimal revenue treated as a sales tool. Mm-hmm. And looking at it from that viewpoint is the interesting thing to me. Uh, it, I mean, each product is going to have kind of a different performance characteristic around that. But but that said, definitely spend some time with the companies and sell them because that seems good. Yeah, no, I, I think your point is actually a good one and I've been keeping it in mind. And I think I have so I I have a pretty rough pricing grid now that I've run by people, and so I'm feeling pretty good about it. And I'm thinking actually I'm going to have one of those like de-emphasized kind of like want just one form plans, mm-hmm. and it won't include Zapier. Yep. And it won't include Clearbit, which is right. something that we're, I think we're going to roll out. Um. Yeah. So get them in the door. I, I think that's a reasonable approach. Yep. Uh, and so I, I think it might be something that we test or like try to just pay attention to because I could see it kind of working for us or against us. Yeah. I think there are like some people that will always pick the lowest number on the page because they just that's why they do it. But overall, I think I'm sold on your idea mm-hmm. of like it's worth having some sort of uh, easy entry point to, that yeah. might turn into more business later. Yep, and I think definitely the stripped down form, like when I think of uh, Sublime Text is the clear one for me, you can put in some kind of nuisance things and people will be fine with them because it's low, low price point. Like Sublime Text famously is, you can download a free, so like not a free sample, a free trial of it, and it'll just pop up a little box that says you need to pay for it. But that's all it does. It just keeps popping up that box. And I've seen like countless conference talks where people are using Sublime Text and that thing pops up because they still haven't paid for it because it's, it's not enough of a nuisance. So I think there's that weird split and people will be like, right, no, that's fine. I don't get Zapier. I don't get all of that. But as long as it's not expensive, that's all that matters to me. Um, it's weird the way, like in the same way that it doesn't really matter how much it costs at the top end it really matters how little it costs at the bottom end. Yeah, for sure. Which is a weird thing. But like I see Heroku's free dinos. That's another example of where I see this working. But again, I've got familiarity with Heroku and I throw a lot of money at it on corporate work. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit torn. And I feel like like this is just something that I need to test out and play with and sort of decide for myself philosophically. But I like the focus that comes from deciding who your customer is and isn't. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, this is for your personal site. We do not makes forms for personal sites. And that will lose us some people and it might lose us some people that might turn into big clients later, but it just lets me focus so much better. Mm -hmm. Like where do I do my marketing? How do I talk about the product? What kind of prices do I charge? All that gets easier when I have a smaller niche, you know? Yeah. So I'm sort of, I think I'm going to remain torn for a while, I guess, on this because I think there are good arguments in both directions. Well, I'm happy to continue to be the voice on this side, but I understand what you're saying and like the value of kind of clarity and focused uh, and all of those things is is very high mm-hmm. and it, there's a cost to doing these other things yeah uh, i i maintain that i think it's worth at least experimenting with this but it is a hard one to measure as mm-hmm. well uh but anyway you know we'll probably have more conversations around yeah. the topic and i think it's worth thinking one, about yeah yeah one big thing i want to watch is like basically support requests yep like i'm curious if the nine dollar plan will throw off more support requests than more expensive plans that seems to be the case for most people anecdotally I'll throw this out there. So like a high tier plan, you should probably be responsive in the support queue. That's a thing. If you're on a low tier plan, 
this is a weird thing, but you can kind of artificially time those out. Yeah, but why? Uh, so if people get rapid, like if they send in a thing, you respond in an hour. If they send a thing, you respond in an hour. You can essentially throttle it. You can say like responsiveness at this plan, like it'll probably be a day or two before we get back to you. Yeah, I mean, I might just even say no support if it becomes a real problem. Mm -hmm. I'd rather like have a clear defined thing than just be like, yeah. why are these guys slow? Yeah. Um, personally. Yeah, no, that, that definitely makes sense. Uh, lots of interesting stuff to think about and there's you know plenty of time to think about it, but. I have an anecdote for you. I was uh, doing some support for somebody to, uh, a couple days ago and he was like, my developer signed up for this thing. I'm not sure like what the password is. Can you reset it for me? And I was like, yeah, sure. What was the developer's email? And it was like something, something, something at hotmail.com. And I wanted to be like, don't ever work with that developer again. <laughs> now, now we I'm, shouldn't draw conclusions based on, but we yeah, shouldn't Hotmail's, or should we? I don't actually know what Hotmail looks like anymore. Yeah, me I haven't used it. Like I used it way, way back when, and it was not great, but they may have, like, I think Yahoo at one point put a heavy effort and it's basically like Gmail at this point. And if you've had it. Yahoo bought uh, Hotmail? No, no, I'm just saying Yahoo, like oh. as at yahoo.com would be another email address that I'd okay. be like, oh, why aren't you on Gmail or a personal domain, personal developer person? Uh, but, you know, Yahoo put some effort in and like maybe it's a thing that they don't care about as much, but that doesn't, anyway, we're going. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I, I, I think if you're a developer using Hotmail, I'm, I'm very skeptical. You're much better at drawing those hard lines in the sand than I am. Yeah, just more judgmental. Maybe I shouldn't be. <laughs> uh, so um, one of my goals for this week was to talk to people about pricing. Mm -hmm. uh, and I said five people. I got, I guess you, I got technically out five. It was only four calls. One of them had two people on it. So, you know, um, I have even more scheduled though, which I feel good about. And, I, and I've actually ta been, I've talked to a mix. So I talked to some of our biggest customers. I talked to some of our newest customers. I talked to old customers that have mm -hmm. one form. Uh, so there was a pretty good uh, smattering in there. But the calls with the big agencies were like really the most encouraging. They were really happy with the product. They were very happy to set up sites and uh, have form keep basically be a forwarding service. Mm -hmm. So like the leads come in and they go through FormKeep and then Zapier takes them and throws them in a Google sheet. Right. And the client does not know that FormKeep is involved and they never log into our interface yeah. and they don't like the, the agency pays the monthly fee and also charges them for hosting, I imagine. Mm -hmm. um, and they love that. Mm. And that's great. And I, I think I kind of like that UX overall. It's like once you set up the form, our goal is to have you never log back in roughly. Like we're just the glue that keeps this thing going for you. Yep. Uh, I think that's kind of an awesome place to be, actually. Uh, it's got some interesting aspects to it, yeah. Yeah, it was it was cool. I, I, I was talking to these big agencies that want a whole bunch of forums and are willing to pay us a bunch of money. And I was like, oh, and by the way, like, would you like to do annual pricing? And they're like, oh, yeah, that would be much easier on our accountant. <laughs> and so it's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I could just bill you a whole bunch of money up front? They're like, yeah, totally. It's like, man, I love you, businesses. Yeah, so it's a thing. I got to get some teams. Yep. Uh, so the pricing work continues, by the way. The uh, Bernard is uh, continuing to push on that. I've been mm -hmm. like doing some prioritization of the stories and whatnot. But we are looking good. Our, between me, him and me, our goal, our mutual goal is to try to launch this next week to okay. roll the pricing out. Now, I'm not 100% sure what that looks like exactly because we're not going to just next week move every customer over to the new tiered pricing. Mm -hmm. So our goal is to support all the old customers on their current pricing right. and then figure out what to do with them. Right. So put up a new front end. So anyone that's newly landing on the site, they're going to see the pricing grid, have to choose one of those options. Yep. And then existing customers, they stay on their legacy plan until perhaps you grandfather them in for three months and then something. Something like that, yeah. yeah. And if they want to change their, their if they want to add forms or remove forms, they'll probably have to move to a tier at that point, right. make a decision then. But that's that's how it's looking right now. Cool. But I'm really excited because just everybody I talk to 
is really way happier with the tiered pricing. So like, mm-hmm. I, I had a hunch this was the thing, and every customer I've talked to so far has been like, oh, yes, tiered pricing, that's much better. So I'm feeling really optimistic about what this is going to do for us. Awesome. Are you comfortable yet talking about the tiering and what the breakdown is? Um, I'm so excited to talk about it when you're finally ready, but it sounds like today's not the day. It's pretty close to ready. Like, I think I actually have the numbers that we're going to go live with, barring some surprising thing. Okay. Uh, do you want me to? Well, so I... actually, for me, the more interesting thing is like not necessarily the specific numbers, but roughly this and a multiplier of that and a multiplier of that based on these elements. So what are you differentiating the different tiers on? It's almost more what I'm interested in. Yeah. Um, so the main thing is number of forms. Okay. But also, uh, I haven't quite decided where these fall out, but also the features I have to, to sort of throw in there are removing the branding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that includes specifying a custom redirect URL or not. So I think maybe at the $9, like whatever, at the base plan, mm-hmm. you probably have to have use our thank you page. Uh, and, and like if you have autoresponse emails, you have to they'll have our logo in them and you won't be able to turn that off yep. kind of thing. Um, so branding, uh, Zapier integration. Um, the big agencies say that, that that's their their killer feature. Like all the bigger, like the smaller people are not using it as much. The big places say it's essential. So I think that's going to become one of our, that's probably going to be our, like our get up to the top plan kind yeah, of feature. So now that you've had those conversations and you know that, that makes this decision of like, well, what do I segment on? Turns out Turns that, out, talk to the customers yeah. and they tell you, well, I know what you need to know. Um, so that's going to be kind of the top two or so tiers, I think, are, are going to be Zapier if you want that. Three tiers, is that the plan? I'm leaning, honestly, towards five. Uh-oh. If you if you oh, have, man. I know. So if you count the like $9 one form thing as a tier, so I think there's going to be basically four main tiers that will highlight in the grid and then maybe that like one line, hey, need just one form kind of thing um, as like an extra, you know, cheapo option in the bottom. But uh, I think the form counts are going to be roughly one, you know, one form for the base thing and then three, ten. 30 and uh, 75, I think it was. So up to that many of forms. It sounds like in the conversations that you've had, the Zapier integration, that has been a standout feature in the kind of API hub sort of thing going on. That That's killer. Yeah. Um, the differentiation based on number of forms, mm-hmm. people seem, does that seem to like make sense to them? It does. It makes sense to people. Uh, okay. It's still imperfect. Mm-hmm. So like ideally you would charge exactly for the value you provide. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, one of the agencies said, yeah, I just tell people, I tell our clients it's $9 a month and they just sign up for it. And I, they say, well, that's effectively nothing. And it's like, cause they're a large yeah. enterprise and it is effectively nothing. Jeez. And so it's like, damn, how do I charge that enterprise a, a bunch of money for that one form? Right. So it's not a, it's not a perfect model. Yeah. Well, I'm more thinking like I personally have reservations around it in that I know how the thing works. And I think people outside of it could probably guess how it works Mm -hmm. and a you're not selling forms actually so coming back to that distinction of form (laughs) versus endpoint but when you sell an endpoint it really is all the same endpoint with a parameter on it right what do you mean like you just have something in the rails routing layer that says cool i received post requests here and those post requests are differentiated by some factor yeah i don't know if it's uh are you about to talk to me about cost plus like pricing no well so kind of (laughs) So I'm having that reaction to it, uh-huh. uh, but I also am not an enterprise. It's like, I don't really care how much these cost, but again, that is a react. So I am a person in the world having that reaction to it. Yeah. So what are you, I guess my question was, have you not heard that from the people that you've been talking to? If everyone's fine with, and it's an easy way to map, how much are we using this service? Mm-hmm. Then it sounds great. I am having my brain do things, so I'm asking about it. But yeah, what are so what is your objection? It's too it's simple, and adding another form shouldn't cost you more money. 
uh, it doesn't seem to map to the actual work that's being done to the like the extra value mm. that I'm getting from like I think of it as number of submissions. I know that that's also a faulty measure of it, but number of submissions at least seems more representative to me. Mm -hmm. uh, this thing's getting a ton of submissions. This one gets one a week. Mm -hmm. uh, that I think maps to a certain amount of like how many people are seeing this, how many people are using it versus yep. like I actually have three forms, but each of them only get one submission a week. That's mm -hmm. not much. Mm -hmm. And yet I'm paying for quote unquote three forms. Mm -hmm. So basically my question is, is no one else saying that? Because if no one else is saying that, ignore me because my voice is useless in this conversation and you figured out good ways to differentiate your pricing. But if you are hearing that, then what do you think about that? Um, so I haven't heard that about the new pricing. I do get objections all the time from people saying, this form only gets a handful of submissions. Mm -hmm. And so like people are like, it'd be really cool if you just like had like up to 10,000 submissions or whatever was a dollar and then- Up to 10,000, yeah, okay. It's, <laughs> it's always the worst customers, honestly, that, yeah. that have this thing. T to me, the value proposition is you don't actually don't care about this form. Like mm -hmm. this form is one of the things you need to get done today. Right. And you need to get to more important things than this form. Hmm. And so form keep lists, you get that form done really fast and then never think about it again and also not manage a server. That's interesting words that you're saying here. I feel like those, are those written down on a marketing page somewhere? Uh, kind of not yet, no. I feel like that, what you just said, it kind of popped in the back of my head. I was like, ooh, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by that value proposition. So. Yeah. Um, that's sort yeah. of the benefit versus the feature kind yes, of thing. Exactly. Um, it's not that you're selling me forms. It's that you're selling me, I don't have to worry about this anymore. Yeah. And so I will pay for, I don't have to worry about this anymore. Right. It's sort of productivity ideally Yep, is, is the thing. So it seems like the, the people that are charging customers to work on their sites mm -hmm. seem to grasp that pretty fast. Right. They're like, we just want to get this over with and yep. move on to the next thing. Cause we get billed by the hour and we got to get a bunch of stuff done. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they're like, yeah, you saved me a bunch of time and I don't have to worry about the server. Sweet. I'm on to the next thing. But it's the people that are like, I'm a developer. I have a personal site that gets three submissions a month. Yeah. Like, I know how to build an endpoint. Yep. It should only are cost you telling me, me I'm one a terrible customer, month. You're a terrible customer. <laughs> I agree, which yeah. is why I said you should probably ignore me. Uh, yeah. And this um, is, yeah, this is why, like, I kind of want to take your advice about the cheap plans. And I'm also kind of like, yeah, but you're like my nightmare customer. Uh, totally. Yeah. I, I honestly, I think that's, that's a very relevant point. And so this is why my question was, are your other actual customers saying this? And it sounds like, not the ones that matter, not the ones that you're targeting. <laughs> the good ones. So therefore, continue to use what is a very simple, very intuitive pricing model mm. because everybody's fine with it. Mm -hmm. So thumbs up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think when you sell to cheap developers, they're like, I know how SaaS works. I prefer frugal. Thank frugal developers. <laughs> they're like, wait a second, to add one more customer, it should only cost you like two cents per month because you only yeah. need to pay. And it's like, dude, go to hell. Well, so even though I, I sell a service and I try like people... Uh, question $29 a month for this platform. They're like, but it's only a couple of videos. I'm like, no, it's a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It's it's your dream job. It's a better job. It's a better career. It's all of the, that's actually what you're buying. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you're not getting that, that's fine. But if you are, that's worth way more than $29 a month. So yeah. I have this narrative in my head, yeah. but I also do have, if nothing else, I can hear the voice. And so I wasn't necessarily saying that that's my view on it. Yeah, yeah. Saying that that view exists and have you heard that elsewhere from anyone that really matters. And it sounds like so far, not really. So Cool, let's move on. Okay. Um, talking to customers is the best, by the way. It like renewed my enthusiasm for the product to hear yep. some to uh, hear other people be excited about it. Yep. Like I, I already thought it was pretty good, but it's like nice to hear people liking it for the reasons I thought they were gonna like it or even different reasons and mm -hmm. like learning new things about it. That was really gratifying. And um, one customer I talked to who was on the larger side said, 
Yeah, we're actually really happy with FormKeep. We're going to make it. Uh, we're writing up a document now. It's becoming part of our standard procedure for like making new sites. There you have it. Like forms, just use FormKeep. Yep. And I was like, awesome. That's what you want to be. Yeah. It's like, and that's why I think the like entry level developer thing can be super valuable because at the top end, it's just like when we make forms, we use FormKeep, and if you can get into that, that's awesome. Right. Um, yeah. And who who knows what they found about it? Yes. Uh, so like you, kind of a false dichotomy, I would say maybe. Yeah. But. That's where we want to be. Yep. It's nice to and and it was like the, the business thing, right? They're like we've this we've determined this is a fast way to solve this problem. Therefore, use it even though it costs money. Mm-hmm. It's like yes, right, great. So <laughs> that's that good. Uh, but that's that's it for me. Cool. All right. Well, I'll try and uh, move through some things quickly. Uh, I'll say I, I'm in a weird spot where uh, I'm feeling good. Didn't get that much done. Mm. So I'm intrigued by kind of that that breakdown. Uh, I think part of it is. Uh, MRR sorted itself out. That's always nice. I'm a little too tied to that number, I think, and I want to try and kind of decouple. But I think seeing that uh, turn around and actually improve, awesome. Um, Also, although I didn't get done everything that I discussed last week on the podcast, I got done other things, and I'm thinking about stuff in a way that I'm really excited about. So I think that's kind of my measure of, although I didn't do everything I wanted to, I got done good stuff, and I'm happy with what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So real quick, I want to follow up on the emails. They both went kind of middling performance. Um, So we're seeing six conversions on the cancelers follow-up. So, hey, you canceled three or more months ago. We've got some great new stuff. We'd love for you to come back. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting to me is only one of them actually replied to the email, which was the kind of uh, intended mechanism. I sent an email that said, we've got all this great new stuff. If you want to resubscribe, just reply to this email. I bolded that. I attempted to make it a call to action, but in the sense of it being like a button that they could click or a simple link or anything, it wasn't because we don't really have a mechanism in the site for quickly reactivating a user or quickly resubscribing someone. Hmm. Uh, And I think that's a fundamental limitation and why we're seeing numbers that are lower than I expected on this. Hmm. Uh, A couple of other people, it seems, actually by virtue of this email, went back to Upcase, poked around a little bit, and resubscribed manually. But as far as I know, that actually means re-entering their credit card in the credit card form. Hmm. I forced them through a lot of steps that they should not have had to go through. Mm-hmm. Similarly, knowing that some people did that, that uh, five people went through that process, I feel like a lot of other people probably went back to Upcase and then didn't convert because they like hit a form and they were like, what's even going on? And uh, they left. So uh, I'm taking away the action of needing to fix that on the site and needing to give them basically a one button reactivate. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's the the takeaway here. A couple of reactivations, which are nice. Those are just full, uh, no discount or anything like that because they're existing or prior customers. Mm-hmm. So we saw a few come through on that. So sent out also the newsletter Mastering Git, basically the 3,000-ish people got this saying like, hey, we have this great stuff. You've never subscribed, but you should. It's great. We saw 20 conversions on that, and then I've sent out a follow-up this morning, and that has seen five conversions. Nice. Uh, That had a 25% discount on it, which I think is part of the reason it's not quite as high as the others. Uh, There are a lot of 50% discounts out there for Upcase, I'm realizing. Mm. Previous emails, uh, this group may have seen like a Thanksgiving discount of 50%. Also, the podcast, this podcast begins with a 50% discount for Upcase. (laughs) Uh, not sure why I chose 25% that day, uh, but I did. Uh-huh. And I think I actually kind of want to remove a bunch of them from the world and allow them to be, this is where those discounts go out into the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, 50% only happens through these emails. You have to be on the newsletter in order to get it, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but so 
mostly good. I think I continue to want to explore email. Uh, I think there are a lot of ways that we can improve them. For instance, right now, this doesn't have people's names in it mm -hmm. uh, just due to the nature of our data interactions between the systems. I think getting names in there would be important. On the resubscribe one, I think having a direct mechanism for that would be important. But so effective, not quite as effective as I wanted, but I think there's lots of good work to continue doing here. And I think this is another systematic way to keep working on Upcase. Mm -hmm. so I mean, it's, it's nice that you can send two emails and get 25 signups. That's pretty solid. Yes. Yeah. That's what we're seeing. So yeah, that's that's nice. That's new people in the system or old people coming back. Uh, I'm happy about that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think it can be better is the thing. That's why I'm, I'm my reaction is a little bit less excited about it is I think I think I missed some opportunities in here, particularly with the former subscribers. Uh, that one seems clear to me that there's some missed opportunity there. Like you mean like a, a button they can one click one resubscribe yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So the the conversion rate on that is 1.3%. I think that should be a good bit higher based on what people say when they leave mm -hmm. and on people coming back just on their own. Uh, I think I should be able to trigger that with an email a little more directly. So mm -hmm. that's emails. They're fun. I do them now. Advanced Active Record. My goal for today was to have basically all of the preparations together, have this trail, have this course ready to go. Uh, I have a lot of work done on that, but not all of it. There's still some cleanup on the exercises and some of the particular wording. Uh, but I'll continue to work on that tomorrow, and hopefully the goal is next week to launch that with Gabe. So I still feel like that's a reasonable goal, just mm -hmm. not quite as far on this as I would have liked to be. Test-driven Rails, similarly, Josh was working on revising some of the summaries and the notes and things like that. Mm -hmm. Didn't get quite as far as I would have liked, but that's still moving. Um, this is a We actually had a short week this week due to a holiday on Monday. Mm. So a little bit less got done, but Friday is also now a working day for us, so hopefully we'll pick up a little bit there. Mm. Uh, the next, the design course that's in work, I continue to be uh, working with Steven, our designer out in San Francisco, and I'm actually super pleased with the progress that we've made there. We have exercises built and outlines for, I believe, all of the videos with the exception of the final video. Uh, and I'm imagining the final video being a more one-on-one -on -one kind of interaction with a designer. And so Steven will not be the one that's recording it. So I'm mm. going to work with someone else that will be recording it. Uh, still have to find that person. But in the sense of feeling like I'm ready to schedule the recording for this, I do feel that. Nice. And so that is awesome. More generally, content I'm actually feeling great about overall. We have something that's just about ready to launch. We have a bunch of other kind of irons in the fire. I'm having lots of conversations with people, and I'm having more conversations with people. Mm -hmm. uh, so for instance, Harry Schwartz, uh, another developer here in Boston, is working on another course. Uh, I'm particularly excited about that one. I think it'll be a nice addition. No, no spoilers yet, though. No? Got to get a little further. A little right. bit further. We're, we're getting there, but uh, with that course, we also just had a general conversation about the structure of the content on Upcase. So we have a lot of good stuff, but one of the common things that we hear is like, where, where do I start? And where do I go after I do that? And how do I know what to do? Uh, and so Harry and I had a really good conversation that gave me a better mental framework for thinking about the content that we have, thinking about the content that we want to develop, and then potentially a mechanism for showing that to users and allowing them to better navigate sort of the graph of the content on Upcase. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited about that. I Like when we started talking about it, my eyes kind of lit up and I was like, oh yeah, I'm seeing things differently now. The world is more clear. So I'm excited about continuing with that. And particularly, I think it's a really great mechanism as I go out to San Francisco next week and I'm working with Gabe, mm -hmm. trying to introduce him to what we have to what I think we want to have and kind of measure up the delta there and figure out what we want to prioritize working on and then what that might look like in also the broader curriculum sense. Mm. 
So I'm excited about that. That's uh, that's all good stuff, mm -hmm. I think. Do you feel like you have a good enough sense of where people want the curriculum to go, like customer-wise? Like so one of the things that we've done in the past is do a beta trail, and that was offer up a couple different options uh, and then see what people are most interested in. And Active Record, the advanced Active Record course that Joe built, uh, was the winner in that case. So we have that mechanism. I could probably lean on that again. That said, there are sort of some fundamentals that I think we need to have that we don't. Mm -hmm. And so that's like looking at this kind of taxonomy or a graph of all the stuff we have. It's like, oh, there's a big hole there at the beginning of TDD. Like we mm. kind of jump into TDD aggressively in the Test Driven Rails course. Mm. Not aggressively. The first video is actually an introduction to the why. But the lower level thinking, the more like, why do we do it? What is the process? What is the workflow and the thinking? I see there being a hole there. And you and I have talked about that particular gap. Mm -hmm. um, similarly, we now have a very advanced, or we will have a very advanced active record slash SQL course. But I've heard from a number of people like, hey, do you, do you actually just have a normal intro kind of SQL course? That's something that my boot camp didn't, like we covered it, but just for a day. Mm -hmm. And that's all I've got. Uh, so I know that that's another gap. So there's a couple of, I think, relatively clear things uh, another source that I'm using to help guide this is the mentor notes for all of our apprentices. We have a repository where everyone, each mentee as they came through, was putting up, here's what I want to learn over the next weeks. Uh, and it's pretty common. It's I need to brush up on some JavaScript, some test-driven development, some SQL, and other things, and you know, Git and things like that. Mm -hmm. So there are a couple of standouts. And where we don't have a good answer to that on Upcase I consider that like a clear failing. Hmm. Beyond that, then I think it becomes more of like, what are, you guys want to learn React? Okay, cool, we'll teach you React. Uh, and those more kind of peripheral topics, mm -hmm. but there's enough in the core that that's kind of what I'm shooting towards. Okay. I guess my underlying question is uh, along the lines of, are you talking to enough of your customers? <laughs> it's a good theme. Um, I'm not. I think the answer is fundamentally I'm not. I want to have some conversations with Gabe next week, but I think probably coming out of that, a survey to the users, mm. um, past, mm -hmm. present, future, uh, something like that makes sense. It's something I've had in the back of my head for a while, but just haven't done. But I think you're right to highlight that haven't talked to as many users as we should, and particularly around content development, since it, it is a pretty heavy investment of time and effort. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I'm sure you, it's been pretty obvious that I'm I'm very in favor of this. <laughs> and I've had really good experiences with, with it, especially yes. recently. So yep. I'm just, uh, yeah, yep. beating that old drum. Absolutely. No, it's a good drum and something that I should be hearing and something that I should be thinking about more. Um, so yeah, I think I will do that. That is a thing that I should do. Ruby. I'm going to add that to my list now, actually. Excellent. You're getting all the way to added to the list. Yeah. Uh, Surveys are nice. That was one of the first things I did when I took over FormKeep was surveyed a bunch of people and learned a ton. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a good mechanism. I prefer the doing calls, honestly. Yeah. But you can reach a lot more people and get a lot more data with yeah. it, and with a lot of work with a survey yeah the other so there's the survey for more generally like what kind of content do we want to have but at the other end of the spectrum i think i would like to shadow a few people just joining upcase and starting into that like okay what do you see where do you click what would be you... awesome yeah so i think I both think of those are things we haven't done in a while and things that i definitely should be returning to uh so yeah i'm actually going to put that on my list too because that seems important enough so the last thing that I talked about was adding some links. So we have two videos right now. Sorry, I wanted to touch on something before sure, you did that. So I wrote some copy for the email where I asked people to do, to take the survey. Mm -hmm. uh, and I I think it's decent because <laughs> I, I really wanted to not write a crappy survey email. Yeah. And so and this is an area where I do think you shine. Well, thank you. 
So do you want to hear what I wrote? I do. I got a, a pretty good response rate. I, th- I think it was pretty decent. Um, so I said, hey there, I'm Ben, one of the developers working on FormKeep, the form backend for designers and developers. I thought it was nice to sort of say, like, I'm one of the developers. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to get this stuff done. I'm also a developer. Anyway, over the next few months, we're going to be investing heavily in the product, and I want to make sure we're building the features that you want. To ensure that happens, would you please take this five-minute survey? I'm only sending this to a handful of our active users, so every response counts. I know it won't be the highlight of your week, but it'll mean that the future of FormKeep, it'll mean that future FormKeep changes will make it even better for you. Side bonus, the survey is entirely keyboard navigable. No mouse required. And there's Thank a, you to the hundredth power. To the hundredth power. Yes. Uh, you use a particular service for that. Typeform. Typeform. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've heard good things about them in general, so I will probably be using them. And there were definitely, there were a few lines in there particularly that stood out. Yeah, I like that. I will probably borrow that if you don't mind. Yeah, it worked pretty well. I was like pretty happy with it. Because I, I, I've gotten, I get a, I mean, as any human yeah. on the internet, like you get a ton of server requests and they all yep. look the same. And so I was like, how do I make a server request that's not quite as lame as all the other ones? Yep. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send this over to you. I appreciate that, Ben. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so the last thing that I had talked about last week that I wanted to get done for this week were links. So we have videos for Factory Girl and for Gitsha, the Git shell. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to get links on those readmes pointing out those videos. So Factory Girl, that one's in there. That's nice. On Master. Uh, Gitsha didn't have as clear of a point to introduce it. And as such, I confused myself while starting to open the pull request and did not. So I need to continue with that. Uh, but we have one on Factory Girl. Happy about that. We have more of this type of uh, content coming out. I think it's a, a valuable thing to have on Upcase. I think it's something that people are interested in, the ThoughtBot open source generally. Uh, and so the more that I can kind of sync those two up, the better. But I do still have a little bit of implementation left on that particular one. Very cool. So this links me to, I'm looking at it right now, this yep. links me to the, oh, the styles have changed here. That's nice. You're talking about the notes section? Uh, or the yellow yeah. box? No, you're note. probably not seeing the yellow box because you're s- signed in. I'm seeing the notes section. Yeah, notes section was a nice update. I'm very happy with yeah, that. that's good. And then I got a video, 25-minute weekly iteration on Factory Girl Fundamentals. Yep, so you are a signed-in user, so you oh, yeah. will just see that. If you are a signed-out user, you can actually pop into a yeah, incognito window. Let's see. Oh, that is very yellow. It's very yellow. <laughs> you're not going to miss it. <laughs> I'm certainly not. This video is a preview. Want to see the full-length video right now for free? Sign in with GitHub for free access. Yeah, that would, that's probably going to work. That's the idea. Um, and so with that, once they sign in, they get a welcome email from us at Upcase saying like, hey, we saw that you just signed up. We're happy to have you on the team. Uh, and so they actually get that video immediately. They don't, there's no other kind of hoopla there. Um, so they're watching that video. Uh, there's a few other bits of free content. And I think one of the things I'd like to do is be able to better direct people to, hey, you just signed up. You're not yet a subscriber, but let me show you some of the other cool stuff that you can take a look at. Um, so improve the uh, kind of first email experience that they get from us. But that's mm-hmm. the idea. Um, this is a tricky problem, but uh, when, I, when I'm when i here as a non-signed-in user, I have basically three prominent calls to action plus one more, basically. So I have like sign in with GitHub for free access is a big yellow button. Mm-hmm. right Almost right next to it in the header is the subscribe now, which is also a big yellow button. So you are on the Git uh, uh, factory, factory girl, girl one. Yep. So if you if I scroll down a little bit. Yep. And then I'm guessing the third is the drip widget. The drip widget. Yes. Uh, so one thing that I will say is the uh, header link should not be yellow until you scroll past the other CTA. Mm. Uh, the timing might not be perfect in kind of the vertical, but we did purposefully try and do that so that we have only one CTA, yep. but then there's also the dream job. Yep. I'm not sure how to balance that because dream job works really well for us, but I think also this actually giving people free content very quickly, showing them the value here in Upcase. You know, I don't know. You know what you might want to do is 
don't have the dream job thing on this page and then when they sign up for signing with github for free access you pitch mm. them on the drip course yeah i like Th- that this is a brian uh, cassell thing the guy that runs audience ops mm-hmm. so he's all about having a bunch of different ways into your the top of your funnel mm-hmm. but then all those ways eventually point to the drip course because mm-hmm. the course points to the product yep so it's like he basically always has it so like a week or so after you trigger the initial thing it's like hey by the way we have this really cool course you know just click here and we'll add you to it yep uh, and then you, everyone, you know, has the option to that. And you don't have to like do the CTA on the page. Yeah, no, I, I like that a lot. And I think if I'm understanding you correctly, that would be specific to like this video is freely available, but other weekly iterations are not. So if you do land on that page, then still have the dream job pop up. I guess it just, I guess it depends. Like, I feel like you kind of got to pick one thing. Yep. You know, do you want them to subscribe? Do you want them to sign in for access, free access? Or do you want them to subscribe to your drip course? Yeah, no, it's definitely relevant. It's something to think about. Because... Mm-hmm. Mm. So that the, yeah, there's there's three things plus the video, you mm-hmm. know. So it's kind of like which of these four things do I want to do? <laughs> it's like yeah. I, I mostly want all three of them to get out of the way so I can do the video. Yep. But like, so you to, I don't know, might be yeah. good to just pick one. I definitely agree with removing the drip widget uh, when I can give them something for free when I have a really good CTA. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you give me nothing, I give you a free video. But then following up on the next time they're landing on that page, they can see that. But uh, yeah, good notes. Thank you, Ben. Yeah, sure. That's that. I think that sums uh, me up. I think we can dive into the questions and round this thing out. Okay, cool. Let's do it. So why is the product better for your customers than it was last week? Uh, Weekly iteration. That's about it, unfortunately. Okay. Okay. Uh, What have you done to acquire more customers since last week? Follow-up email. Uh, Also, I forgot to mention this, but the header, the behavior of that header, previously it was if you're signed out, if you're not signed in at all, you're a guest, you'll see that sticky header that kind of follows you up and down the page with the subscribe CTA. Mm -hmm. If you're a subscriber, you do not. Now we also have that for the sampler. So if you're visiting, you're watching a video, you're coming back. That's the whole game that we're trying to play. That's good. So now we have more prominent, uh, consistent kind of visual stuff there. Cool. Uh, What did you do well that you should repeat? Kind of removing myself from the direct work on content generation and being more in a supporting role, having a lot of meetings with people, helping kind of workshop the content Mm -hmm. and, I don't know, acting as kind of content director rather than sole content producer. I think that's a really positive change. Yes. The more I can do that throughout Upcase in just about every way, the more that there's other voices from ThoughtBot in it. Just in every way, it feels like the right thing. The more I get to interact with my colleagues, it's it's good on all the fronts and I'm feeling great about it. Awesome. Uh, What did you do less well that you hope to reduce? Overall, this is something that I've been feeling increasingly. Uh, We've had a bunch of support things that just keep messing with stuff. So I feel very reactive in that. And that Mm. puts me, it's taking up time and it's putting me in a negative frame of mind. But it is pretty much 100% reactive, at least of late. So I would like to move into a mode where I'm a little bit more proactive and I'm trying to purposefully solve some of the repeating issues, Mm. Mm -hmm. get that solved, don't have to deal with that support issue anymore. It's not it's not like there's something that's super clear and I could just go in and solve it in two minutes, but there are kind of fundamental things in billing that are a little less clear. Mm-hmm. Probably a help page with an FAQ or things like that would help a lot. I mean, on the, on the theme of delegation, these would be great things to pull in someone who's not on client work. Yeah. If you can come up with a list of three or yeah. four. So I basically need to like set aside a small-ish body of time to do that work. And then I think there's clear steps that I could delegate pretty easily out. But I'm right now I, I've identified that I need to write that list. Mm-hmm. Now I need to write the list, then delegate definitely feels like the right thing after One that. One thing I've been liking on FormKeep is we have been, so we have our normal like left to right like stories flow through the board, Yep. but we've had a couple big things come up recently, like the ember removal and the pricing change. And so we've made them their own column. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like everything in here is pricing or everything right. in here is ember. And it's just nice to see like, this is the list of, of those things. Yeah. And like ignore, like I, I even, I made a paused column. So it's like ignore everything until this column is empty. Right. Kind of thing. 
Yep. So that, that's been nice for us. Yeah. You could just throw some cards. Uh, what do you hope to do by next time? By next time, I would like to have launched advanced active record. So this is going to be a little bit longer right. of a so, time between podcasts too. Yeah. So next week, uh, or the, the next episode that you hear, I'll be interviewing a person. <laughs> you are gone. And then the week after that, I am gone. So I think there will probably be two interviews in a row. Oh, no. I think that, I think that we're going to drop that week. I think I think for our audience they will continue to get a weekly podcast. I think us. they won't. I think no? is the point. Okay. I think we're going to I think there's one week skipped because you and I have like corresponding yeah. PTO that is just or not PTO but not in the office time. So anyway, the important anyway. thing is it'll be a while before we talk in this manner Correct. again. Correct. So I'm going a little bit bigger than I normally would. So I want to have launched Advanced Active Record and be in marketing phase for that and I want marketing to be a more continued kind of long effort but mm-hmm. I want it to be out there in the world. I want to have scheduled the next course recording, uh, whichever that happens to be. So I want to have the content ready and have a shooting uh, in the studio scheduled. And uh, then I think beyond that, it's really just about getting Gabe up to speed and figuring out. I think there's a lot of figuring out that he and I are going to do of what is next and what is most important. Mm -hmm. Uh, So basically getting Gabe ramped up on the project, getting him to the position that he understands all of the various things that we're doing and feels comfortable with them. And then also figuring out what's next. But so those two big things related to content, uh, lots of little stuff, but yeah. Cool. What is your MRR? MRR is back up. I'm very happy with this. Uh, so as of last week, we were at, uh, I think, 33.586. We are now at 34.349. So we picked Ooh. up $763 in MRR in a week. Sweet. So the interesting thing, just to pause on this briefly, um, last week, uh, my MRR was down. I was not super happy about it, and I didn't really understand what was happening. Looked as though there was some behavior around uh, the discounted users that had come in via the the email sequence, but then it just popped back like crazy this week, and it didn't have a related increase in customers. So customers actually dipped ever so slightly while MRR was increasing. So I had a back and forth with the folks at Metrics who produced this MRR graph for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was my attempt to be like, hey, I'm seeing some weird stuff here. And I know you guys just changed the calculations. Can you help me understand what's going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's great is I actually had really positive uh, customer support interaction with Kagan from Barometrics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also showed me that part of their new metrics system has this thing called revenue breakout. Mm. Uh, and so you can basically click that. And for any given day, you can see exactly all of the events that caused a change in your uh, monthly recurring revenue and exactly what they were. So this person changed plans that increased it by X. Where is that? That is the little brick sort of icon above the MRR graph. And I think it's also on active customers. Yeah, so I was basically asking him in the email, like, hey, these numbers don't make sense to me. Can you help me understand them? And what I really wanted was, can I see behind the scenes? I want to understand this calculation better. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so A, he told me, yeah, this does seem to be real. Your MRR went up. That's great. Uh, B, here's how you can understand that a little bit better in the future. So it's a nice improvement to uh, bare metrics, which I think they're rolling out, have been rolling out over the past few weeks. uh, And they're probably going to be talking about it a little bit more. But I was super happy to see that and to get a little more clarity into the numbers. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, That said, the interesting thing that came out of it is there was a dip and a subsequent increase. Uh, And the increase is more than the dip, so that's good. But the thing that I think I'm taking away is uh, we lost a bunch of the low value, the like discounted users from the, there was a a number of people that churned directly from that New Year email. Mm. So that caused the dip. But those who didn't churn then convert their 
uh, MRR essentially doubled. Right. Uh, and that caused, for everyone that basically stayed around, I've now seen this spike as these become, uh, according to the metrics calculation, a much more valuable user I to see. us. Yep. Uh, so it all makes sense. It's all cohesive. We have more MRR. Uh, so it's all great. Cool. All right. Switching over to you, Ben. Why is the product better for your customers this week than it was last week? So I have an answer for this that I'm, I'm pretty excited about, <laughs> uh, which is... Well, one of the biggest, one of the most common complaints I got when I sent out that survey was that um, people are seeing duplicate submissions mm. in their submission list, and I'm not 100% sure what's causing that. We didn't look, find anything that looked like to be a root cause, like an issue on our end. So it might be like when I look at the email addresses of people that are submitting to FormKeep, it's a wide variety of people. I think it might just be people double clicking submit buttons. Uh, but so now um, we are uh, filtering out duplicate submissions. So if you have the exact same, all the exact same data, hmm. uh, we just, just drop your submission on the floor basically. So are you dropping it when you receive it? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think this is a positive change. Yeah. Uh, duplicates are no fun, and people. Some people were saying they were seeing tons and tons of duplicates to the point where, like, it made the f- service like not even useful to them, huh. which seems really surprising. But it's odd. Anyway, so now we calculate a hash of all the data that somebody sends us, and if it's exactly the same, then we say, okay, th- thanks, we we got that. We don't we don't need this again. Fun use of computers. Yep. Hashing the data. So that was a complaint that's been around for a little while, and it, I scrounged some down some downtime from uh, Blake actually, yep. and he fixed that. Cool. Nice. Uh, what have you done to acquire more customers since last I week? I tweeted about FormKeep. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> from that my personal <laughs> account. Yeah, uh, not, not a lot of effort on, the, on this right. one this week. Uh, what did you do well that you should repeat? Talking to customers uh, is just always awesome. I learned a bunch. I took a bunch of notes. I got some good data. I got some good language. I wrote down a bunch of quotes. I, I think it was just an awesome use of time. Awesome. What did you do poorly that you should reduce? Well, the downside of talking to people is that it wrecks my day in yeah. a certain sense. Uh, so it's really, I find it difficult to f- make productive time between like two calls when they're 45 minutes apart or something like that. And so I didn't, I didn't do a great job of that. So maybe figuring out uh, using some like OmniFocus contexts for like short work or something. Yep. I don't know. Some sort of way of filling in that, that, those gaps. Yep. Uh, what do you hope to do by next time? So I, I, we have three weeks between uh, the, next, the next time. That's you the idea. Yep. So uh, I want to launch the pricing, the new tiered pricing for all new customers. Awesome. I want to have a plan for what we're going to do for all the existing customers in terms of grandfathering versus mm-hmm. not versus how long. And that's a thorny question. So that will take some talking. Yep. I think I'm going to talk to some customers about it. <laughs> um, I want to have the marketing for the Vim course uh, rolling along. Right. Uh, there's there's a, a good amount of things I want to do there, and also uh, I want to talk to a bunch more customers about what they want next once the pricing is live. I sense a theme developing, Ben. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna keep you know talking to customers. Yeah, I should probably start. Sounds good. Yeah. This will be the podcast of talking to customers. How about your MRR, up or down? Uh, it is up one percent to five thousand two hundred and one dollars. Very nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, good week. Good so week. you and I won't talk for a little bit. Uh, enjoy your San Francisco time. Thanks. Yeah. Today's show is produced and edited by Tom. Oh, no, you didn't, Obarski. If you'd like to access the show notes for this episode, you can go to giantrobots.fm slash 184. Thanks for listening.